face. I'm Dr. Kim Landon here on a, the first summer day of the year. Yeah, it felt like it. Sun. Yep. And we stopped having rain as of last night, mm -hmm. and it's like the Earth opened up the window to solar. <laughs> that was my thought this morning. As soon as I hit the door, feels like and summer like, for the first time. Why is this? On the day I have to go back to work, because five days. You just asked me before we started. You said, "How was your fourth? And I said, <laughs> "Because it, it didn't suck. I mean, it was yeah. fine, but it rained every single. There was it was, as you know, downpouring. Yeah, we had a river in our yard. Did you? Yes, yeah. a lake and a river. <laughs> it started out as the lake, and then as it dissipated, it went to the river, and then it would deluge again, and then we'd have a like all all weekend, fr fr well, it's been raining for how many weeks? Yeah, seven, 20. 10, 20. <laughs> so we have sun. Speaking we have of sun your today, yard. tomorrow, and Friday. And then when I go to race this weekend up in Loon, guess what it's going to do? Rain? Yeah. But that's good. You don't want sun <laughs> like this. What? You don't want sun like this on that race? No, I don't because it makes uh, it brutal on that uh, mountain. But I also don't want it raining because it makes it really slippery. Uh, so my trade off is I'll take. It's very early in the morning when the race is, and it is very sunny because it's just open face to the mountain. But I take it a little bit of a haze, overcast, no yeah. rain. You'd have been proud of me. Think, I speaking been of your proud house, of you? yes, I stopped and pulled the turtle out of the road. Oh, good job. <laughs> he was going the wrong way. I don't know where he was going. Was he going away from the water? He's going away from the water. So. And he was the, in the middle of the street. When I was out walking the deer dog that is here today, Rocky is here, yeah. the superstar rock star. I saw two turtles that were completely decimated on oh. the road. It made me very upset because you know how when you can tell, like, it looks like someone aimed for them. Yeah. It was like you can you can miss them. You know what I mean? You can, yes. Um, Which is a whole nother. That's a whole nother show. I could talk about how people just psychologically think it's funny and entertainment to just go straight at an animal but that's a different show um but these turtles were going definitely the wrong direction and i was like oh they're so turned around you know they were going they're way away from the water and yeah they weren't going towards any water yeah. at all they were aiming for just more concrete yeah so i'm not sure and they were older you could tell obviously because they were bigger they weren't little teeny ones they were good size yeah like you know half a pie plate size so they were a couple years old and i was like mm. yeah Mm. Yeah, he but was thank just, you for what kind going of away turtle from the do you was it a, no a box turtle a painted turtle a snapping turtle it probably wasn't snapping no it bit you. no it was kind of an oblong shell and it was mostly green well that just described every, every turtle, turtle. <laughs> thank I you don't know. what do i know from turtle breeds we'll just go with it was a sea turtle it was a sea turtle it was a sea turtle a right because you were up at the sea was it up near no the it was on the river oh it was a I river was, turtle I was, I was headed home it was a river turtle was going across to houses and i'm going where are did you going you put it, did you put it near the river bank as much as i could it was somebody's yard so i oh, put it so in their grass pointed them towards the river and did you say go that way yes i did good job yeah. was that today and he didn't come out of the shell by the time i left so because you freaked him out yeah well oh you saved him well he yeah. saw someone walking up to him picking him up he just he started to scramble and then he went inside the shell and i just put him over there you did a good thing yeah well do you feel like an, an angelic no halo went over your head. Just feel like a human. No. Come on now. What? By the way, I'm gonna complain for a second. It's hot in here. Sorry. I Do know you hear is. the blower, the heat blowing? Yep. On my back. That heat? 
yeah, that's it's not cool in here. Here we go with the sauna. Now I'm going to complain. Complain to the front office. What? I have no control over climate. It's you have locked no control up. And it takes me to go downstairs and say something to these people. Yes, because nobody listens to me. So that's a whole nother show too. It's why whole they, show. Why they don't listen to you? Yeah, they listen to me. Yes, you're a client. You have different status than an employee. Oh, oh well, I'm glad I'm not an employee. Or a subcontractor. Though. Maybe they just like me. That's true too. <laughs> Maybe they, I think they like the dog because they all oh, stop me for that. the dog. Who doesn't like Rocky? I know Rocky. He's so popular. He's just looking at me like whatever. Let yep. me chew on my thing. Anyway, so um, are we done with the turtle? Sure. Okay. I got well, a dog story. Do though. you need to talk about it more? No. Okay. I just thought you might enjoy it because we I, talk well, about I turtles. Could, I do enjoy it. Well, so so very cool thing. Two weeks ago, and I didn't tell you this, but two weeks ago, John sent me a picture of a mama turtle burying her eggs in our yard. Oh. And then he watched her walk away and then he helped her get to where she was going after she walked away but then he built this cage to put over the nest wow and staked it down Good and him. he re resituated it take it today because some animal definitely is trying to get at it so we had to reinforce it so it couldn't it didn't get to him but so, isn't that cool so, so maybe is that it so for we've, the got it, we've got it on the 36 it's like 82 days yeah. to 90 days for gestation so but it might be that she didn't actually do anything she definitely laid something and you know it could be a faulty they've yeah. laid six different up to six different clutches oh so it could be a debunked one is that it for them though the mother's gone and that's, that's it. it yep then they're on their own they See just have like a little sonar and radar to go to the water However, she's got them in the middle of the yard and the water's a little hard to get to because it's got a lot of stuff in between it. So yeah. these, and they're going to be teeny teeny. So we're just going to keep watching. We got a camera on it. We're a little premature at this juncture because <laughs> it's way too yeah. soon. So yeah, two weeks in, we've got 70 more days. <laughs> it's like the end of the summer. So I've got a good dog July 4th story. You know, you do. We had a dog that uh, took off last night. During the fireworks, was missing. Your dog? No, not mine. Oh. No, in the neighborhood. Okay. In the neighborhood, get out and found the dog, and dog's back. And? The dog's fine. That but, was I mean, your story? The dog got lost. Can you imagine losing one of your animals? Well, why did he get out? I don't know. That I don't know. I can imagine it would be awful to lose one of my animals, yes, but the question would be, like, how did he get out? He bolted for the door. You know, you know how they get with fireworks? Who knows? Yeah, but if you... Think about the logic here. This is just human. Well, <laughs> I should say, yeah, it's human nature to not think. So if it's, you think yeah. about the fact that the dog doesn't like the fireworks, why would you let him out during the fireworks? Oh, I okay. I doubt she let him out, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, you don't know much about this story. I would rather just dwell on the aspect that the dog got lost. The owner was panicked, put a note out. Everybody in the neighborhood got out and looked and found oh, the dog. Oh, it was like a community effort. I yes. love that. Yeah. So that's very cool. I love that. It's a good story. Yeah. I mean, we can we can go into a DFS investigation into the dog ownership if you want. Oh, oh, what? you're combative today. No, I'm not. A D, and it's not DFS. DCF. Into a DCF. Yeah. So let's Depending just Depending on what state you're in. Yeah. Depends on where you live. Yeah. Okay. Any more animal stories? No. 
Are you sure? No, I'm good. All right. Rocky's good. Rocky's good. Rocky's very good. Mm -hmm. All five of my cats are excellent. Knock on wood. Right? <laughs> Garden is growing beautifully. I've got zucchini and cucumbers coming and huge cabbage. Nice. I'm, and tomatoes. I'm going to be set for the summer for vegetables. Excellent. Okay. So we're going to talk about mental health <laughs> at any point. We did talk, we talk about the topic today. We did talk about mental health. Yeah. What is the topic oh, for today? We did talk about mental health. When did we do that? Talk about people doing good things, having good oh, experiences. Oh, that's this is true. It just it's off my game because that's not where my head was yeah. going. And you you derail me all the time. So we can talk about do gooding. No, it's fine. Oh, oh. Are we having a moment no, today? No, not at all. Just trying to let you get it back on Listen, track. Don't want to distract you. <laughs> See this? What is that? Don't you feel this? Feel this. I was feeling it in the initial stories. I feel it too, but I was I wasn't prepared for those stories. Okay. You didn't ramp me up for let's talk about like animal stories. I could talk about that all day long. Have you seen all the different cool like videos out there of people saving sloths on the road and picking them up and putting them in trees? I saw and... one on a boat, but yeah. You saw one on a boat? A sloth on a boat. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. The sloth had the sloth get on I don't know, do I? No. It's just the okay. meme was you probably saved the sloth fifty years of travel <laughs> they're very slow yeah um, um those okay. were human stories those weren't animal stories those are human stories well that's a human finally doing something good yeah instead of running the sloth over in the middle of the road right. exactly you know there's that yep because that goes back to the initial thing if we could have a full show on what's the psychology behind people typically driving big trucks at least on my road and aiming for the animals as i'm screaming nuts and my neighbors are screaming we're all screaming and we all have signs up about like, cause we are like a waterfowl area and deer crossing and yeah. everything crossing and people, I won't designate any particular type of person, but people in trucks, that's what I'll say, tend to aim. You illustrated the point that I was trying to make though. Yes. Because I'm trying to tell a story about the dog being found, which is a feel-good story. It is. And when it gets out in the community, everyone's got a dog's missing. They all empathize because they know know how they'd feel if their dog was missing. Yes. And then the I, dog shows up again, and we have a good story. It, it's. I think it's wonderful. And you started looking into the bad side of it right away. Oh, boy. I was, to, I was just trying to live in the good part of the I story. I think it's so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about. I guess. I'm just no, I'm suppressing something. I'll tell you after the show. I, I clearly I know that, so I'm I just know. sitting here like, wow, we're sitting. On, I knew we were sitting on something. Want me yeah. to go back to like before the no. show started and when I came in and I said I had to no, go back was, to the car. No, it was just, yes, that's where I was going. By the way, is that where we're going? That's where I was going. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so I see. I understand. So Lou's having a moment yeah. today and clearly we are feeling the tension and now we can relieve <laughs> from the tension because he's going to tell me after because he's suppressing it yep. sort of right now. Okay, so let me move on. Yes. This will get you going a little bit. So as a psychologist, I always am keeping up with the trends. As you know, I keep up with the trends of what's coming up in like mental health or what's like 
the next thing or whether it's the new drug, you know, or it's like xylazine, like we talked a little bit about last week, or if we're talking about like schools or if we're talking about parenting or whatever it is, I'm always trying to keep up. I'm always reading. I get tons of articles, LinkedIn, you know, me, I diversify and triangulate and make sure I've got tons of information on everything so that I know what the heck I'm talking about. And it makes sense. And it kind of follows the lines of some kind of empirically validated information that's not just like random, extreme, crazy stuff, right? Yep. So the trends are interesting because I think, so obviously one of the trends that uh, we're seeing, um, and there's a reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's come up in my practice in the past two weeks. And um, that's because so many, oh, I just realized my glasses are on my head. (laughs) Um, In the past two weeks, so much has come out. Now, before you jump on me, let me finish. So much is coming out because the elections are starting to come up. And so mental health trending is coming up more and more, which always does. But there's so much more of an emphasis because of um, gun violence. It gets we talk about and people ask me questions all the time about that. Um, And then because unfortunately, and I'm going to try to stay apolitical as much as possible, but I'm going to speak to the psychological pieces. There's a couple states in this country that are highlighted right now, and in particular, one down south, Florida, that's <laughs> um, creating a huge trend in lots of conversations and narratives about mental health. And essentially, the topic isn't mental health, but it's being put into a realm where we're going to end up having a huge mental health crisis because of it. And um, so it's interesting to me because it's I can already see it starting mm-hmm. and falling out. And... Um, so one of the pieces that isn't really new, but has been highlighted is the book banning and banning like classics that everyone has always read for, you know, there's people have been writing tons of material over thousands of years, right. About every possible topic and LBGTQ issues are not new. Um, talking about sex is not new. Gender is not new. Uh, talking about, um, uh, race things or cultural things, those are not new. So, but because we're in the political fervor right now, it's starting to escalate and it's like, you know, these jumping points. So I think it comes with the tides too, with every, every different election and who's running. And I mean, at least that's what it feels like. What are the specifics of the ban? Um, it depends. Well, it depends. So I'm sure you follow some of that, but some of the states are that particular story. No, but so yeah. some of this, so some of the states are a little bit different than each other. But um, so when we talk about the one in Florida, wait, I have it in front of me because of course I knew you were going to ask because I am good like that. <laughs> um, so the Florida, oh, I'm in the wrong one though. Hold on. Cause that's the next topic. Um, no, that's the other one. There's so many. Um um, so, so, so Iowa and Florida are similar in this way. Um, and I think there's one other state and it could be, I think it's Kentucky, but I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember. It's a Southern state though, but it's, it's Iowa and Florida could be Texas in there too. But I just know those two are because July 1st, it was, if you watched over the weekend, all these new laws all over the country went into, into fruition. Did you know that? No. Oh, wow. You are like the person that like follows this stuff. And I just thought for sure you'd be on it. There's too much to get too specific on at this point, oh, okay. which is why I'm asking you. I, I'm oh. aware there's some book, quote unquote, book banning going on, but I'm wondering about the specifics of it. So, OK. So on July 1st, they would they did put into effect all these different laws, like tons of different. It, there were lots of topics all over the country, whether it was 
you yeah. pick it and there was like 50 of them. All right. Okay. So anyway, so, um, so Iowa schools and Florida schools are requiring to strip from all the library shelves, any text detailing any kind of sex act and under a bill that also prohibits instruction of any kind of sexual orientation, sexual education, or gender identity information to any schools up through the sixth grade. Hold. So there's two points I want to go back to that yeah. are problematics for psychology. Um, the measure in Iowa, um, they're doing it for Iowa, was signed by the governor um, in May, and it lifts a requirement for schools also to include and be and be told that they cannot have to teach about human papillovirus, big mistake, and AIDS in health curriculum at all, period, big mistake. And the law also follows numerous book, book bans in other states under the ban of parental rights, largely focusing on all things LGBTQ themed or anything having to do with that on race and racism being taken out. And so, and I have all the, the reference points and all that for the law that went into effect because it was like a, a legal thing that came through. So my first thing sex for, for the first part of the, the book banning of taking out sex acts and trying to strip all that stuff out. So here's, here's the fundamental thing of that. So, we have a large group of people in this country that are faith-based and because they're faith-based that gives them their feelings about what those things if we're going to ban books and we're going to start taking anything that has those kinds of things out of it from the very basic all the way up to the extremes because there's certain books that clearly I wouldn't want my five-year-old or six-year-old reading, right? Because it right. would be it, you, you have to be a good parental judge of that stuff. And you have to have teachers and whatever that are trained to know, well, this is appropriate, right? I mean, certainly Judy Bloom was a great book, right? She's a great author coming up through for teens. Mm -hmm. Some of the states are taking her off the shelf because it's all referencing coming out of your shell and being, you know, female and finding yourself and yep. just in the general mainstream heterosexual, but that's also going, those books are also being pulled in some places. So that's, I mean, it's dependent on who's saying, so not saying anything about the religious piece, but I'm just saying the reason why I'm bringing that up is because let's start at the base of the fact that the Bible meets all the criteria for everything that they should pull off of the shelves. And so if we go right to the beginning of time of where people that are making the laws around this are, are coming from and they're basing their material from that is down the line creating potential harm in families and children and mental health around all those things, then we have to look at, should we have the Bible? And this is just a question. Should we have the Bible on the shelves? Because the well, Bible... Do we? I, I don't know any schools that oh. have Bibles. On oh, the they do. So that, so charter schools have them. Not, I don't know about all well, public schools, but I know that charter schools have them. Some Montessori private schools, schools have them. get to operate in a different sphere. Which ones? Private schools get to private operate in a different sphere. Private schools are totally, totally yep. different. But I do believe, I do believe that there are some states that do have the Bible. And so if we're referencing that piece, you know, you know me, I go right down to the basics of like, if we're going to take and start nitpicking on all these things and we don't want anyone exposed to them, why are we exposing children from like their birth going into faith-based religions and talking about fire and brimstone and sex and sex acts and, you know, not spilling your seed in Leviticus and not having um, any kind of masturbatory things and you're going to hell. And I mean, I could, I could go on and quote. So 
the point isn't about the Bible. It's about yeah. what is it creating when we're not looking at the reality that books are teaching. Books are not are not the end all be all. They're just information. I read tons of things, but that doesn't mean everything is true or everything has to be that way. They're just fiction is fiction. But if you have good teachers and good parents doing their job, they're going to create an environment where you have good exploration, you have good communication, you have a, that's in a perfect world. So in a non-perfect world is the answer really to pull those things off when kids are going looking for information when they don't have someone to talk to because my experience in doing psychology with people, including adults, I still have people, and I can even say, I've never even gotten the talk from my parents and I'm X age about anything about the birds and the bees or anything about sexually transmitted diseases or anything about anything, mm -hmm. zero. And I'm <laughs> old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'll use myself as the example. Like if you don't have, and we don't, and it's not because people are bad or whatever. It's just, we don't have people in general as parents many times, because people just happen to become parents. We don't have parents that have knowledge about those things necessarily. Teachers don't always have it either, but sometimes we have a reason to go to books. We have a reason to open our world to okay, what's out there? You know, how do you learn about a different country? How do you learn about a different culinary style? How do you learn about the history of another place or the, the state next to you or how this happened? I mean, I think that it's a disservice when you're not looking at the full picture. It's not just books. It's about, okay, so if you're taking books away that can educate, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean slam information down a kid's brain to make the change because that's not how it works, even though that's what's purported. It's about how do you have someone that is going to be able to teach them beyond the scope of the small little vacuum of we don't talk about those things. Those things will just happen naturally. You'll learn from your peer group somehow, like all that kind of stuff. And that's what has gotten us into other you know, trends from the years gone by that people don't do that. So it's a little bit disturbing seeing that I'm already seeing this starting to ramp up because where I work, there's multiple communities around me that have a very large LBGT, LGBTQ plus, et cetera, um, population. And there's lots of um, non-educated people kids coming through that I have to talk to their parents about, you know, making sure they have um, full batteries of, you know, blood work for school. They have to, they can't get into certain schools without like certain things. Um, the reasoning for why you have HPV vaccinations or why you are mindful of it. Um, you know, and sometimes I get feedback from some people like, well, if you don't have sex, you don't have to worry about it. But that's, that's not reality. <laughs> And it's not about having sex. It's about that's not the reality of HPV. And if you knew what HPV was and what it does and and how women are at risk and why men are at risk and how it passes and all like, why do we take that off the table? And that doesn't mean we're teaching three year olds. I totally I'm fine with like, that's fine. But it's sixth grade level or fifth grade level. You got kids that are we're much younger now in terms of kids coming into puberty. We're at 10, 11, 12. That's fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And kids talking about this stuff because they're all on social media. They're all getting exposed to that stuff anyway. Their kids are talking about it. Even if your kid isn't, someone else's kid is talking to your kid about it. So we have to be able, it can't be perfect, but we have to be really talking about how to make sure kids get good information. And if they're not going to get it at home, because many people do not get it at home and they only get what 
the parents believe or what they've been brought up as. And if it's been done in a vacuum, that's the vacuum that passes. And that just perpetuates an intergenerational past sometimes, unfortunately, of high-end stress-related anxiety because we're fearful of the world and what the world means around us. And it also perpetuates misinformation a lot of the times. Sometimes it perpetuates the right information because there's tons of good parents out there, but we can't rely on the fact that it's just like we can't rely on teachers only either. We have to rely on all of these parents and teachers being able to work together instead of it being like, it's not your job, it's your parents' job. Well, I can tell you there's a ton of parents that don't teach any of that stuff because I hear about it in my office all the time about people that don't know kids and, and adults that still haven't been taught about why they would want to be able to understand that information about themselves or why they have a diagnosis now of X, Y, or Z. And it's because they didn't have anyone talk to them about it or why we have young women getting pregnant and having no support and ending up needing to go and have abortions because no one ever really taught them about anything other than don't have sex because it's against God or, you know, there's so many of these pieces and it's just like, okay, I don't know the perfect fix for this. I don't know any uh, like one thing goes, Oh, this is going to fix it. But I think taking the dialogue down and taking the narrative down and not having um, classic literature out there and current literature that's being written about real experiences of real people. I think that's a mistake because we're setting kids up for um, suicidality that's on the rise because of that. It's, it's the suppression and oppression and, a litany of other things. Anxiety being one of the biggest ones, because we've already got a huge anxiety base in this country. And now we're going to have even more. And, and the suicide risk will go up, I think. Because that's the trend typically when that, that kind of stuff gets put out there. You're just nodding at me. Um, just deciding how to respond. Mm. <laughs> is it is it food for fodder? No, it's food for fodder. And mm -hmm. I don't know the specifics of these particular bills, so I'm not in support of them or not in denial of them. But here's the thing. From my standpoint, the name of the bill talks about it to me yep. in that parental rights. I There are certain things I don't trust the state or the schools to teach my kids. Mm -hmm. And that's basically it. I'm guessing these books are available in local libraries. I'm guessing they're available... Otherwise, just maybe not. Because here's the thing. I don't trust the school to broadly select the reading material that's going to, that will help develop the picture. Well, so in And by the way, there, there have been abuses the other way. In Maine, we had laws where kids were getting abortions without parental rights or without even parental um, acknowledgement or being parents being let in. There were systems put in place where kids could have abortions without their parents even knowing. Well, I think there were systems kid... put in place where kids were put on birth control without parents even knowing. That's abusive the other way. That's wrong. Uh, parents got to be involved. I think it depends on the age. So if well, a 12 year old, yeah. If you're in high school, I mean, okay, maybe an 18 year old. I... Well, I'm, but I, well, I'm looking at 16. Yeah. Like, 16 year old. My 16 get... year old's going on birth control or getting an abortion. I think I should know. Well, you should, you, you have, you could have the right to know, but I also, here's now, here's the flip side of that. So oh, I understand how it can go wrong the other way. There's a, there's a large proportion. I don't know the statistics, but I could certainly have them. There's a large proportion of kids. And this is one of the reasons why some of these laws get put into place that it's allowable is that the possibility of domestic violence that could happen at home and the 
backlash of mental hurt that can come from a child, we'll call it a child, at the age of 16, having these things happen um, is pretty significant. So there's this, you know, it's like you have to be able to see it. Yes. So I sure, understand. you want parents to have the yeah. in and you'd hope that the parents have built communication in a mentally healthy, unconditionally loving environment where you come and tell your parent anything with no holds barred. And then you could have the collective decision and you could, you know, that. But that's not what happens. And that's where I diverge from, okay, I understand why that's allowed. Now, you know, a younger person, mm, younger, like meeting under 14, that 14, 15, you know, we get, eh, but it's still the same thing. It rocks on that, that teetering point because when you're working in a hospital, for instance, I mean, they have to report and there's, there's often the ethical dilemma and ethical debates. And you see this written in the, in the literature all the time in terms of our research and, and, and um, case studies about the dilemma that nurses and doctors get into in hospitals when they, their parent brings in the kid because something's wrong with them. They find out that the 15 year old is pregnant, but the kid is begging not to be told on because they're going to be in serious trouble and not just like I'm in serious trouble, like serious trouble. Mm -hmm. And you have to, you have to decide we're coming back around to DYS and DCF. You have to decide whether or not are you going to be putting that kid it puts you on a double edged sword. Are you putting that kid back at high risk for what they're telling you that this kid could have serious end result on their own life and their own well-being because they're too young to make the decision. And once the parent knows what's going to happen. But what's happening at that point is you are legislating based on lower common denominator. And mm -hmm. that's something that I have problems with because I'm not going to abuse my child. You're if, not. If one of the, yes, exactly. You're not. I'm, living, <laughs> I'm living under the rules because it's based on the lowest common denominator, the lowest common denominators. And I understand the pitfalls, but Putting the state or the schools in charge of anything like this makes me nervous. Well, I wouldn't say it's putting. That's why I said it's not putting, oh, it's them, putting in them in charge. I'm saying that yeah. there's a there should be a collective, collaborative. And what I was going to say, like about it, was that because you talked about like um, libraries picking all these things. From my own knowledge, librarians who go into school and have their master's degree and are ones that pick. The, the librarians are the ones, I mean, they either have a master's or a PhD in literature and science mm -hmm. and literature and those things. They pick the books based on if they work in an elementary school, whether they look in the, work in the public library, whether they work in a high school, they're picking the books based on the population that they know is in the system and what they know is geared towards the learning that's supposed to be happening based on the state curriculum for meeting whatever standards they have to. Plus they also go in with the knowledge that they also have to accommodate making sure that they're hitting age appropriate, like, you know, the teeny bop era, the social media area, like all these things. So I have a, I have a trust in the fact that when someone's educated, not full trust, but I have trust that they have, good insight to not need to put grapes of wrath in a fire bin that they don't need to put, you know, uh, the color purple, you know, over the top and into a, a fire pit. They don't need to do that. I think that's within reason for people to hear and, you know, like of but mice we, and men, why does that have to be taken off a shelf? But we've seen several. Why does, why does red badge of courage have to be taken off a shelf or the great Gatsby? Why? Well, we've seen a decade now of this exact thing happening. We've seen statues coming down. We've seen books taken off the shelf. We've seen a, um, it's a, it's a, it's an inflationary word, but 
it, we've seen a bias in terms of what are being presented to our kids in school. Are we? Have we? So, for example, have we, we get seen to, a bias, or are you? Are oh, I say you? I'm going to say you. Are you being told and swayed that there's that being presented because that's what's being pushed to make you then feel as though there's that problem? Well, when a public school can no longer be called the Jefferson School, for example, because the name invokes problems for some people. That's a bias. Well, right. But there that, are, there right, are but, several sides of that argument. Of, but in terms of like, yes. So I was thinking in terms of like books and teaching. Well, that's that's a highly demonstrative example of mm -hmm. it. But it comes down to the book selection as well. There are books you mentioned mm -hmm. that are problematic under today's um, sensitivities. Right. Well, that well everything would be legitimate pieces of literature that deserve a place. And then you make your judgments on them. Going back to sexuality, if you're mm -hmm. in if you're in the seventh grade. Yep. And you're considering being transgender or mm -hmm. I'm not even sure of the correct That's terms. Not, that wouldn't be the right. That wouldn't be the right word. If you are feeling trans, that you are transgender. Yes. Or, or you're going to take medical steps here. You can't. Well, you can't take medical steps. So here's so uh, unless you want to have more to say, because I can tell you, because I have I have gone through the process of the transformation of transgender transformations over the past mm -hmm. 10 years with four clients. I'm just counting. I had to go yeah. back and forth just in, ten, in the last 10 years. I've had more, but in the last 10 years I've had to come. And the reason why it's only four is because it takes that long. It's not just like a seventh grader come in, say it, and then we can start the process. That's not how it works. Seven, the, so 18 years old, doctors won't even, doctors that are in the medical field, unless they're rogue, will not hmm. even entertain a conversation with me about a said patient about even considering it until they're 18. And then we have, even if I'd been working with them for three or four years before, and we'd been going through, they'll take all of that into consideration. But then we have at least a year or two process of talking about mm -hmm. collaboratively, the client, myself, and the medical doctor who's going to do said procedure, whether it's you know, um, female to male, male to female, it's, it may be uh, binding, it may be a breast reduction, it may be, you know, there's all, there's all kinds of things sure. that happen. That doesn't happen. And that's one of the things that I think is a misnomer in a lot of the stuff that gets put out into the world that, oh, you know, third and fourth graders are allowed to, that's, they're allowed to do all these things. No, that's not true. Okay. That, because that's not what happens. That is, but it's, no one's talking about what actually happens. Because first of all, from a clinical perspective, when kids start talking about it in third and fourth grade, social media is driving a lot of it, mm -hmm. right? Kids are driving each other. Yep. There's a, there's certainly a parent population because I have it in my practice. I'm sure other places do too. There's a parent population that is driving it and mm -hmm. they aren't even LGBTQ plus of any kind. They're right. heterosexual and driving it. So, and there is, right. So, and then there's a couple other things I could throw in there. I mean, there's all of these things, but so when they're third and fourth and fifth grade, that's not what makes a kid actually feel that way. A kid typically doesn't know. So I often, if they're with me, I often kind of keep going with them, especially if they come in early on. I just keep going with them with however they feel, however they think, challenging them to, you know, why does it feel this way? What makes you feel that way? So we're always, always having the dialogue open about it. And then until puberty hits and hormones, mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean the day it breaks and like no, you I have understand. hair and yep. all, but when puberty really starts, 
that's when someone knows more, doesn't know necessarily, but knows more because we are biologically wired. And that's what people I think miss a lot. And I don't know, I, I believe you probably know this, but most people I talk to that are not as understanding, um, they think it's a choice and it's actually not a choice. It's a feeling that comes from hormones that are genetically predisposed in the body that make you feel something. So if you're more attracted, let's just take the base of, if you're more attracted, you're a male and you're more attracted to men, you're predisposed and you are more attracted to men like that. You're predisposed genetically to having the hormones that are going to push you more towards feeling that way mm-hmm. or feeling more internally like a female maybe, but those two things don't have to go together. You could be more attracted to male and that's just being gay, or you can have the feeling of being more female and being attracted to women. And that's a feeling that comes from the genetic pull of all the hormones that are changing in the body. It's not a mental state of delusion or um, miswiring that needs conversion, which is a total bullshit thing because it doesn't exist in the world because that's not true because you can't do that to someone because it's who they are as an, as a natural person. That's why some people are born as hermaphrodites. They come with all the parts because we're genetically mm. built that way. And with that, like Jamie Lee, Cur- Jamie Lee Curtis is a hermaphrodite, right? Mm. So did you know that? Yes. All right. So, and she has talked about where she ended up feeling and picking where she really felt like she fit her body and her internal feeling. And I think people have to realize that's really more what it is. So we wait, like as a clinician, I wait and go through the process just of talking and talking and talking with kids if they are feeling something even before puberty, because it often doesn't change, but it moves, it evolves, it gets different. And then I've had kids that have started off at 10, 11 years old feeling X, Y, or Z. And then by the time we're 15, 16, were a totally different spot because they've come into full puberty. Right. And now all of a sudden they were like, you know, oh, I'm really feeling much more like this and this is how it feels. And that's kind of kids' brains anyway. And so instead of being like, oh my God, oh, it's the end of the world for some parents. I'm like, everybody breathe. <laughs> like just <laughs> yeah. breathe for a second instead of putting pressure on like when you, ha- it's like, a, it's like when a kid falls, if you react, Yes. The kid cries. And now we're going to be, we know that every time we fall, we're going to get a reaction. I use that example all the time. It's, so it's very similar. That, yeah. and, and hopefully that maybe touched some of that chord for you that it's very similar to that. It's like, no, it's, it's not about the specific issues for me. It's about the balance of power between parents and the schools, which are the state. Yes. I No, I understand that. that, that that's but what I'm, this comes but down I'm to But I'm just me. talking about the psychological, right. but I understand what you're saying completely. But and in the psychological realm, that school and state and all that stuff has been there for so long. And what I'm saying is yes, but we have this, this really important clutch of human beings that are getting impacted because people get stuck over there and not thinking about how that impact of the fight or putting these kinds of like, I pointed at my phone, these bands on knowledge and the one at Florida that I didn't get to yet, but the, the bands on knowledge for age appropriateness, always age appropriate, right? And who's to say what age appropriate is? Well, you go with the developmental piece. You go with developmental physiologically and you go with developmental psychologically. And there are milestones of where kids are ready to hear certain things. That's why, you know, Our Bodies Ourselves is a great book for people. It's old and old school. But then there's all these wonderful teaching books for people like parents to have for their kids to grow up. There's a whole series of you know, what to expect in your first three years, what to expect, you know, and you read them with yep. your kids and finally get to a point where you just start giving the kid the book 
and then they read about like, you know, seven, you're seven now, here's what's probably going to happen. And here's what happens at nine. And here's what, and you give them a little, you front load them. I know tons of parents that one, don't know about those books Two, probably some of the places have banned those books. And three, parents have a really hard time talking about, I have a full, parents have a really hard time talking about it. Let me finish my sentence. And then I have a full classroom of people that are all, you know, the, my graduate level program that I teach, they're all in their, let's say average age is probably somewhere in the forties as an average, but it's twenties to like 70, right? When I bring up sex topics to talk about like developmental psych and how people become the people that they are through whatever, the whole room goes into a blush except for maybe one or two people. Yeah, That is fine, but it's still, that's a problem because half of them, at least in my room are parents and they often will write papers to me and saying like, how they totally misstepped with their kids because they didn't teach that because they were afraid they didn't talk about things. And it's not just about sex. It's about drugs, sex, relationships, like anything that's like too much for them. But even for me to just bring up the regular word of like a vagina, you can see people in the room like, she said the word. It's like, really? Like that's so awful. We've talked about the degradation of parenting over generations over the previous few decades. Mm -hmm. And, I understand all the battles there. It's just I'm stuck on the higher concept. I know you are. But my my higher concept is that I understand. You know me. I understand that. But I always have to bring it down to what sits in my room. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I, and I so, so I'm not ignoring your concept because I know it's there. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at what impacts people sitting in front of me and what impacts groups of people that I end up seeing or treating or have to do a collateral um spiderweb out to because of things that are happening see here's the thing when you have a deficiency on the parenting side for some of these topics you are a great source right i'm not sure the school teacher is a great source i'm not sure the local school is a great source i'm not sure the people running the local schools is a is a great choice so that's what i would i would agree with you there and that's one of the things i do teach about in my class about how because when the when people in my class start talking about how they feel like they have messed up their kids because of what they didn't know, right? Yeah. I often say it was that line from Keanu Reeves in Parenthood or something. It was like any anybody can have. I think his line is something like, um, uh, you know, you have to have a license to drive a car, you have to have a license to have a dog, you have to have a license to blah blah blah. You know all these things, and then he, you know, and, and then at the end he goes, yeah. but at the end of the day, any old f and blah 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 can have a kid yeah right (laughs) and and it's like it's a it's a and speaking of him i mean he he came from that whole source so it was like such a perfectly landed line for him that he wasn't people don't get the education from that but in school systems i agree with the fact that because i've seen this and i've had to correct so much information i'll have kids come into me and say my health teacher told me blah 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 i'm like yeah Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, um, well, that's and usually there's some little portion that's okay and it's sort of true. And then, you know, then it for me, because if they're minors or they're under like 16, usually I always go to the parents and say, by the way, this is what's going because I always mm-hmm. inform the parents of the kids, like, here's what's been taught. This is what Joey told me. Here's what I let them know. I just want to follow up with you. Um, or I go to the parent first and say, we should talk together about this. And where do you want to go with this? Yeah. Because I want the parents to have the involvement, but I also don't want to out the kid to not trust me. So it's a, it's a fine balance. But I think that 
there's definitely that problem in the teaching because I see a lot of teachers and by a lot, I mean a few, I see a few teachers Enough. in my practice yeah. that talk about how they don't feel equipped and they, they feel that nervous energy when they have to teach about so many different things, not just sex or identity or any, they, like in general health related or educationally related things when they have a classroom of diversity. See, and here's the thing, when you're talking about health and sexually related things, that's all fine. And I don't know enough about what the programs are doing to make a judgment on them, but I'm judging on things that I've seen otherwise in less, less vague areas. For example, like I've watched schools teach history. Yep. And I don't, I'm, I don't want schools teaching history anymore, to be honest with you, because of some of the things I've seen. I'm, I'm working through, I'm working through a uh, at-home schooling during the pandemic, mm -hmm. and there's an English course uh -huh. where they're talking about similes. Yep. And it says X is as smart as Hillary. You know, Hillary Clinton. That was a simile on the. That was a simile, right? And what then. Was the answer. <laughs> well, I want to know the answer. Not, no, it's just a it's just a demonstration of a simile, but just that kind of bias that's coming into it. That why would you put Hillary Clinton? To, as an Did example, it have of Hillary Clinton, or was it just implied? Hillary Clinton. Oh, I had the whole yeah. name. That's and going weird. going That's through the thing. unit on the annexing of Texas and how it villainized the United States for the annexing of Texas. Well, there's a lot of story there. Yeah. That's not necessarily villainizing America. The dropping of the bombs on Hiroshima, this Oppenheimer movie, which I can't wait for. Yes. It, uh, what is it? Twenty first comes out. Yeah, I'm just so yeah. dying to see this. Yeah. But the villainization of America for dropping the bombs, and there are. It's a highly complex issue. Yes. And yeah. it, yes, there are ways you can villainize the United States for doing it. It was a drastic measure, but there are balances and other parts of the equation that everyone should be aware of. Well, yeah. And I, I think that I think you have really good sources of information where you can get really full. Like you and I often talk about the whole full, getting all sides, getting as but much But not in school. That's the point. But the, it, that's, but why, school, that's why school worries me. But in schools now, well... I think we've had a lot of change in. Well, let me give you one more example. When my kid, I'm sorry. When my, my kid, God, my son, it's December seventh. Yeah, right. Pearl Harbor Day. And I'm putting breakfast together, and I'm talking to him about Pearl Harbor. Uh huh. And I jokingly said to him, "I said I'm the only reason I'm doing this because you will not hear about this today. This is fifth grade, mm -hmm. right? You will not hear about this today." And I said it jokingly, thinking he wouldn't hear about it. But not the big day. I drove up to pick him up that day. And there were girls walking around the parking lot with signs for us to uh, stop idling our cars. And it had polar bears with little X's in their eyes and laying on their back. It's December 7th. How about you have a veteran in and talk about Pearl Harbor? You talk about World War II, which is the most influential. The most influential. I know. Less and less, which is why you should do it more and more. The most influential event in American history in the world history it's shaping everything we see today. World War II shaped everything we see today. Mm -hmm. So you should, but that's where I would say to someone like, and I do say this to people, you should, if you feel like that, that's a perfect place for you to be an advocate to go in and say to the school system or the school board, I'd like to have this introduced because I think it would be, and you give the case for it because that's the only way you're going to make, because that's the only way you're going to make an end road to that. No, because A, it's not going to happen. They did this, they decide their own curriculum. B, what they're going to decide is they're going to find a way. The tendency has been lately to find a way to villainize the United States for everything involved in that. I think you're making a huge broad sweeping statement, though, about yeah, that. Well, yeah, I understand. I don't think that every single place or all and I don't think you mean every single place, but you're making the broad sweep that 
that's happening as a general rule of thumb. And I don't, I'm open to thinking about it, but I don't see that yeah. as I see in pockets. Absolutely. But I don't see it as the broad sweep. And I also see the other side of being completely so. How about it's a concern? Okay. That's, yeah. It's fine that it's a concern yeah. because everything, you know, if something feels amiss, I think it's, um, I think it's a concern that people decide not to teach about race and slavery in this country. I think it's a big mistake. It's more than a concern. I think that's a problem. I think it's a misnomer for people not to be able to make sure that, you know, we don't edify that although people might have been great historia, historical figures, they might have owned slaves and what that means. And talking about that as a narrative, not as a good or bad, but talking about what does that mean and, and how do we Absolutely. How do we understand that? I absolutely instead of, agree instead with of you. taking it out and be like, we're not talking about that. We can't talk about Rosa Parks being in the back of the bus and she nope. was black. That's out. No, like, I wait, what? I absolutely agree with you. What is she now white? <laughs> it makes no sense in the story. I agree with you on that, but I don't trust the school to do a bilateral examination of those issues. Well, I don't, I wouldn't trust. So I wouldn't say I also schools. I would say that I wouldn't trust the schools that are being put in those positions to do that, to be able to do a bilateral because they're being told. Right. No. Exactly. This they're being told you cannot teach this. Oh, and well, that yeah. is that's the concern for me is you've got in certain pockets that we're talking about, you got very big diverse populations. And why would we not give out the correct information? Why do we have so many people walking around with psychological information that the Holocaust didn't happen? I can't believe yeah. how many people think that I understand. Yeah. And that's and that's parental teaching and school teaching in some of these pockets like wait what mm -hmm. you know i still have to just as a personal thing my my college roommate was killed in the twin towers okay i have over the past couple of years had at least half dozen people since this turmoil of the last two elections are coming up tell me that it didn't happen yeah. and I start twitching like, mm. no, and I, and so like in that little small pocket of my own personal experience to tell me that my friend who I no longer have contact with. So I, I, of course I, I say, well, then explain to me where Chris is. And the answers I've gotten from, I don't know to more consistently, these crazy lack of term, my quote, these very <laughs> crazy off kilter, like, She's in Middle Earth. They're, they're, he, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. holding him. They're holding him yeah. in this special area because everyone on the planes, if there, if there were planes, were all in on it. Yeah. Really? I'm going to tell you that my roommate in college, Chris, God rest his soul, the man had the worst luck. He was in his 30s when he passed on the plane. The man had been hit by a mass transit bus when we were out in college riding his bike and broke three limbs the man yeah. got hit by a car the man got in a car this is like a man that like and he was a culinary whiz and he's not in on anything yeah, and then he just happened to get on the plane that day to go out to california and but it kills me because it's like people are like it didn't happen this 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 is the <gasps> this is the google syndrome because people come at me with arguments for things like okay go go look look up a flat earth you can find some convincing arguments right. as a flat earth too right or we didn't land on the moon or mm -hmm. any whatever conspiracy right. the illuminati but i but reptile I, but aliens he, 
it just goes on and thing, on. Lou, I think that for for the for the sanity and the mental energy, I think it's important. I know it sounds weird, maybe. I think it's important for people to read stuff on that stuff. I want yeah. I want people to read that people think there's other stuff on flat Earth. I I read all the stuff on people that don't think the Twin Towers. I also have a client that I had many years ago um, for a long time that absolutely has me in question mode about the Pentagon. And because they were a pilot and they had good information they gave me, it made me question it. But it doesn't make me go, oh, debunk the whole thing and or or the other way of like, you know, I'm I just keep my mind open to hey, there's some well, possibilities here, but I'm not going to just like sway to one swing or the other. But that's, well, that's critical thinking. That's triangulating right. triangulating the truth. It's an important and, part of critical thinking. And I it's, think that that's part of the whole point of my topic yeah. today is that if we're taking away the ability to have critical thinking because we're access our access points are being taken away and we don't have parents that step in and do that and we don't have teachers that step in and do that and we have, as you would put it, the state stepping in and saying, well, we're going to take it away. We're having a problem. Yeah. We're coming up on a big trending issue because it's not just like, it's not a basic impact. It's a big impact on, it's going to be like this, the, the abortion issue. Here we go. Right. The abortion issue is going to become a big financial thing, which people will talk about in this country, but no one's talking about like the mental health men won't. Sorry about this. Not really. <laughs> men won't, men aren't, I mean, I see it all the time. You know, the, the, the funny commentators that go out and talk to people at rallies and stuff and like, you know, and ask men like, oh, you know, should you not have a vasectomy before you get married? Because, and men, they ask men and men are like, oh no. I mean, why would anyone be able to force me to do that? It's my body, my choice. But yet right in the same conversation that they're like, I'm pro life and I am against women having the same right. And they get caught in the, they get caught in the conundrum of, <gasps> Well, it's yeah, good for her, but not for me. And that's missing the crux of the argument. Right. Yeah. And it's, but it's it's just that it's like we have to have the critical thinking skills to go, wait a second, you can't. There's something there's a big piece of the puzzle missing when we are not looking at the full spectrum of how is this impacting people? Because that's a big impact on people. Those are issues that are going to impact my my practice because it's real life happening to people that no one will talk about because you're either oppressed, suppressed, repressed, can't talk about it. You get shame for it, get shunned for it. will be put down, could oh, get yeah. in trouble, could go to jail, could, ugh, you know, from doctors, lawyers, all the way down to like the lay person. But it's crazy. You talk about being put in jail, shunned, shut down. You're talking about giving power to the people who are actually doing that, which makes me nervous. It's basically the crux of it. Well, I'm talking about people this, like a doctor that's doing their job because they're been trained to do something, for instance, and they're being told that they can't, but they know that it would save a life and the state or the government or whoever's telling them now, no, why? Because they wouldn't do that to any other thing. Like everyone should be taking sugar. Sugar should be taken. Let's go to the basic sugar should be taken off all the shelves. Because then yeah. the obesity issue in the United States will go down. Yeah. Let's lobby for that. But that will never happen. Sure. Because it would be infringing on the rights of people and making their choice. Well, it has happened. We take it out of schools. We, we didn't take we it out of schools. We, we of, just took out certain things. I know, but in certain areas, there were, there were movements <laughs> we to actually do that. We, trust me, we didn't take it out. No, I understand. They moved to a healthier thing. So they put 100 calorie packs in the vending machines that still had shit sugar in <laughs> 
Yeah, and the kid that hundred calorie packs of Doritos, and the kid was eating four know, bags, four bags at home, uh -huh. you know, or two liters of Coke at home because there was no Coke at school. But, it, but you know what I'm saying, yeah, right? I do. No, you're absolutely right. It's just that I think the, our difference is putting the trust in the wrong people to accomplish this. I know, but okay, but you're getting focused on that piece, and yeah. I'm talking about. Well, that's people are never people are never and I use that loosely people are never really talking about how it's going to impact at the end kind of like when people get up in arms about okay so we're going to have we're going to have six week the six week ban whatever in Florida for abortions okay most women don't know that they're pregnant at six weeks yeah. first of all that's a problem right. second of all if a person goes past that and they can't get it in Florida and they go to a different state Okay, that's whatever. But now we have a different issue, which is money and cost of another state, both to keep your point of state and everything or insurance. Mm -hmm. But if they don't and they end up feeling forced or coerced to have to go through that because people feel that they have to because they have no choice or they can't get out of the state to go somewhere else that allows it. Now we have a person who has a big psychological problem potentially because they at the base level, if they weren't raped and it wasn't a violent thing and it was an accident, accident in quotes, right? Because it was a fluke because they didn't use protection or whatever and they're young and stupid. Okay. Now we have no way to, no way for those, that woman, because it's usually the woman who ends up, sorry to say it, but statistically she doesn't have a job that can pay for this at mm -hmm. 17 or 18 yep. years old. She doesn't have the ability to have family support much of the time. Some yes, but most of the time, no, she doesn't have resources. She doesn't have any, you know, way of getting around to make sure that this is going to be provided for. And yep. People would say, well, she shouldn't have done it. He is in that piece too, but we don't ever talk about the, he, he's not getting affected after this child's born because he's always out of the picture most of the time always and most and nevers but we no one's really talking about the end result it's just here's the solution here's what we're going to put down on it we're not going to talk about physical mental health and anything else that's going to come from this that's going to be creating a new strain on the system so to speak both in dcf mm -hmm. um parent um welfare potentially uh tax dollars, all these things. We're not talking about any of that. And women who now come from rape or come from assaults or come from domestic violence, even in marriage and end up having children, the amount of resentment. I have several clients over the years that have had that happen and they have gone through with it because their families force them to do that and keep the child. The amount of psychological damage that has happened to them is mind boggling because they go through resentment towards the child and there's, and thank God they have come in and said, I need help because it's not postpartum depression. It's not, it's, I'm looking at this person that I've given birth to and they're not me. They're this terrible, awful, violent event that happened to me. But no one's thinking about that and how that's going to be an outcome. Because people will say, well, then just adopt them out. Well, it's not quite that easy either because you still have, even though you might have that feeling, you still have the emotional attachment. So now we're not talking about that either. I'm talking about that with people because that's what I do for a living. But it's like these are big pieces that when it's 
talking about laws and lawmakers getting involved and putting these restrictions down on people. No one's talking about, you know, it's the system coming in, just like the school system coming in. It's like, wait a second, but no one's talking about where this is going to impact down the line collaterally, emotionally. And everyone's worried about a dollar and it comes back to that. Well, you know how much mental health cost is going to be because of that? You mm-hmm. know how much the rise of suicide is going to go up because of that? And, and in fact, people are going to certainly go back to the coat hanger days for sure because that's what people do because they're desperate. It's awful. How's that for a great topic today? <laughs> but these are the trends. These are trends that are like just yeah. coming through because it's just, you know, the critical thinking piece isn't there. It's just like, here's what this is, what is, is. And therefore it, it, we're going to put it this way. Wait a second. Did everyone look at the full picture here? Like you would say, like in the triangulation or the quad quadrangulation of everything. We're we looking at the big picture. It's, it's just, it's a very big pressure on the mental health system in this country, these issues. And I didn't even get to the other Florida thing. It's not Disney. It's not Disney. No. <laughs> it looks so forlorn. Is it, does this make you sad? It doesn't make me sad. It makes me, I just, I'm pulling on my own, pulling on my own reins, just I, not, not getting into it it's because it's, well, because you're, a, a well, you're trying to stay in my lane because I'm not talking about the other piece. Yeah. We, we'd have a whole different discussion if we brought in the other piece. I'm trying to keep it in the mental health aspect yeah. of trying to keep, how do we keep people feeling good about themselves and making sure that they have good information about how to take care of themselves and other people around them. But on a similar vein to what you just described, what I'm trying to, I'm trying to shovel against the tide of power going to the state, because in the end, all of those things you talked about are going to be much deeper and this resistance against that is an important part of it's an important part of we're not a democracy or a republic, resistance against what resistance against just handing everything over to the state oh well what about just handing some responsibilities over to just people themselves i'm talking adults why can't people like have knowledge and get educated themselves i think and, that's great but not, as you know not rely on or, and then get mad about a state making a legislation legislative bill that takes their right away when they weren't thinking in the first place. Yeah, but that works on either side of any of these issues. Yeah. Putting but, the state in charge of limiting your abortion is probably folly too, but probably. Well, no. <laughs> no, for example. We're gonna are we gonna fall on a different side of this? I mean, they, uh, no, I'm gonna get in trouble here. I'm, I'm all I'm all in. If you wanna if you wanna regulate women's health, we no. better be regulating men's health because I've got a list. First of all, the fir- we're not just regulating women's health. That's not the only issue here. But here's the thing, and this is where I can tell whether and I can have an I can have a discussion with anybody about abortion. Are you comfortable with partial birth abortion? Are you comfortable with delivery room abortion? Well, there people don't typically have delivery. So here, just, from just a clinical, conceptually. I'm, I'm comfortable with any of those things. If, and they are typically, because I just know they are, there is a severe problem. Life-threatening. With, yes, absolutely. With the with the child or with the mother, or that yep. the viability is going to be so bad that that is just so mentally straining because I come from that perspective and I don't, and I know women who've had those. Yes. We both feel and, that way about, and I have no issue with that. We've all feel but, that way about life threatening situations in the, in the delivery room. I understand. Or not even life threatening Lou, 
life, not life threatening, but a point where there's such a problem genetically, neurologically, yes. or the child's going to be born with, you know, heart on the outside of their body. And it's going to, I mean, Agreed. And the, the likelihood of their survival, like, why do that to yourself? Agreed. Why do that? I it's understand traumatic. there are circumstances where it's legitimate. So those are, so those but are the, the ones that I typically of, see. The concept of my body, my choice implies up until delivery, you get, you get to end this pregnancy. So I'm going to counter that. I do not have that experience in, and I've had a lot of women in my practice that have had abortions. I don't, I don't know one on my grandmother's grave. I don't know one that has ever thought that. Thought that? Thought that like it, they could have it at any point and that's what they're. All right. They're, so if the legislation was not six weeks and it was. Um, 20. 28 weeks, 26 weeks, something up to in there. five months, elective up to five months. Yeah. See, that's a reasonable thing here. I think up to five months is reasonable because six some weeks people, is, yeah. six weeks and 12 weeks no, is not, not reasonable, reasonable because no, it's not. I have, I have women that have gone almost seven months and didn't know they were pregnant because they were heavy and they yep. didn't realize it. Nope, I and they were fine being pregnant, but I'm like, they were like, surprise. I'm like, oh, well, there's the problem. Cause my position on abortion has always been, I'm pro choice. But to a point, there's mm -hmm. a point if you're going to do an elective one and forget rape, forget, well, mm -hmm. I mean, rape, right, you're just rape doing would it be elective. It's not your time. Mm -hmm. Right. An elective one, 20 weeks, 25 weeks, 26 weeks is plenty of time to make a decision yes. about an elective. Absolutely. Abortion. I think I think the reasonable cutoff for that is yeah. is five months. Right. And not because doing it gives so, people do, the opportunity. Yeah. It gives people the opportunity, one, to know, first and foremost. Right. Yeah. It also gives people the opportunity to, to make not a rash quick decision yep. it gives you know what i mean it's yep. like because some people feel like they have to immediately because they're you know shame embarrassment all those things but some people also feel like they have to because they're pushed against the wall i have friends that are in texas that were pushed against a wall and had to move out to a different state to do yep. you know since this all changed so we can sit there and debate about the point but the, if you just understand the concept that at a certain point elective abortion is a problem it's killing a child at a certain point. I don't, we well, can debate where that point is, but at a certain point, I don't, but I don't, I, I don't, well, that was the way you just worded. That would be totally different in the way that I would see it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, well, one, I and don't, we're know talking if, about elective, yes, not medical but I don't problems, know if, things, but like I don't that. know of any States just, and I watch this and I could be wrong. I don't know of any States that that allow unless it's an emergency after that period of time unless there's an emergency yeah, At, like i think five months is the long massachusetts is five months which I, is why i don't think there's any states beyond five months unless it is a problem so i don't so when you say that i don't know i don't know of any examples where it would be like an elective elective surgeries happening to kill something at seven months just because i don't know if those yeah. are, there could be i'm sure there are but i don't know of any as a, as a general sense of people out in the world which i know gets purported like that's happening everywhere yeah. by some people and that's see, not this, that's not my experience as a clinician see these are reasonable positions and we can sit there debate debate the week or the time frame and there is certainly room for debate one way six weeks is too early way too 12 early. weeks is too early yeah because people don't know right and people don't have the opportunity to think. Right. So we can have discussions about that, but the con just people, most people in this issue don't even accept the concept 
that for an elective abortion, there's a, there's a point where it shouldn't be allowed. Elective. There's a point where it shouldn't be shouldn't allowed. be allowed. Yeah. And most people, if you can acknowledge that, but I think most people, I think to what you just said, like so, I'm just thinking psychologically as always, that I don't think that people that are putting down the thoughts about how, when, and it, what the the law will be about it. I don't think they're thinking about any of that. Nothing like that's coming into their minds at all because not it's not about a woman being pregnant and their mental health and their physical well being. It's about controlling something. Controlling something. What? Controlling something. Yeah, it's a it's a there's it's a that's a control that's a control issue. It's not about because if we take away like okay, what is it really about? We ask someone that's let's put a group of people in legislature that are all passing that want the six week rule, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's unreasonable. And right, but but wait, but if you talk to them because it will come from a psychological perspective, their intellectual piece is coming from a psychological manifestation of a justification of why they're coming up with a six week rule. Yeah, if you listen to this reasoning. It's not reasonable, rational, and realistic. No. It's totally illogical. And that's to my point of like these things that we're, we're going to watch some serious mental health trends come because people in those positions are just going off cocked, not even half cocked, going off cocked, no pun intended, to do those things and make those decisions for other people without any thought. Yeah. Because there's something else there, and that to me, that's a that's a that's a uh, pa that's a power differential and a control thing, yeah. and all these other things that come into it that has to do with politics and other things and ratings and polls and crap. So ten years ago, ten years from now, ten years from now, you you remember I said this. From a republic standpoint, this is going to straighten itself out because people aren't going to live with a six week ban on abortion. Oh no. Oh, I agree. I don't even think it, I think it will straighten itself out before that. I hope so. Yeah. Cuz it's not it's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same people who believe life begins at conception. Well, I have no I have no moral problems with it, with uh, abortion at 6 cells or 6000 cells or right. you know, but the, there is a point where I do, but it's not there. Right. But it's also, I mean, and hopefully you're hearing that I'm saying that yeah. my, my understanding from my numbers, and I'm going to go back and look because of course I always I'm like, I got to make sure. But statistically speaking, it, it, I don't see those elective things happening unless it's, I mean, there could be a non-reported rare instance, but, no, I... and, and that, but by and large, uh, -uh. Which is what I think that I think that that gets pushed out into the mainstream media tons that this is what's happening. This is what's happening. And then people get up in arms. Oh, my God. this yeah. And that's not actually true. So that that fervor of misinformation then psychologically changes people's dedication to the cause, whichever side they're on, to go at it yep. with crap information, which then damage it. Like it's, it's this trickle effect all over the place of mental health debacle ship. Yeah. <laughs> There's a word. Well, this is why I had such mixed feelings about Roe versus Wade because constitutionally they made a correct ruling, but what it did was it took a reasonable system in place and opened up the field to all this mis all this abuse on one side or the other. And it, it's causing, it's, it's causing problems. It's causing a massive mental health issue. Yeah. That's and that's to my point on the, all the things I was bringing up today about like our trends that are coming. You know, we have we have a a, a pandemic trend yep. that we're in, and now we're going to have all these other things, and we haven't even seen all of it yet. I can I'm I didn't even get to all of them today, but I'm watching them stack. Yep. I'm going to be employed till I'm 
dead. <laughs> I'm going to be working till I'm 100. Did you know, by the way, as a weird fun fact, I added up randomly the other day how many, like, predicted, not predicted, how many, not even average, exact amount. I added up the exact amount of hours of client service I have given in the past 27 years. Do you want to take a guess of how many sessions, if we just did it by session, because it's the hours, so you think 45-minute session, so it's one. Guess how many hours of sessions I have provided in 27 years. No idea. Come on. Can't even imagine. I it's going to blow your mind. How and you... the only reason why I started doing this is because my lawyer friend and I were talking about the insane amount of hours I put in and he did the math and then he started my wheel turning. And then I was like, Oh my God, I'm coming up on 82,000 hours wow. of client time. So I'd say I have some experience. What do you think? What does that translate to in hell numbers we can use? <laughs> what? In numbers we can use, 82,000. 3,000 3, a year. Just in client time. So close to 30 years. Client, 3,000 a year? Three, oh, 3,000 hours a year. No, 3,000 hours a year in client time. Just client time. That's not teaching time. That's not my other sports stuff. That's... It's approaching 10 years. Converting it to years. It's 34. I'm going to be at 30 at 30 years. I'll be it's 3,400 days. So it's approaching 10 years. I'll be 100,000. Isn't oh, that crazy? It is crazy. It's kind of like when you realize how much, if you spend $5 a day at Starbucks, how much a week you spend. See, we got into some stuff without going at each other's throats. Which what? Is, we got into some stuff without going in at each other's throats. Of course. These well, were productive discussions because. Well, that's because you and I can have that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think we were you worried? I was worried. Why? I'm always worried. Oh, for God's sake. I'm a very reasonable person. No, I know, I understand. We've never had a fight. <laughs> no, we never had a fight, no. Why are you laughing? No. Wanna have one today? Because I can make <laughs> one happen when we get off the air. No. <laughs> My general philosophical stands usually lead me into trouble. So I'm always a little nervous about oh, well, you, talking you, about you positioned yourself beautifully today. You did a good job maintaining your composure and holding yourself on your line. Yeah. Well, you're willing to listen and not many people are. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I hope that I can model that this is the way to have discussions about things because yeah. you and I disagree about things, yep. but I still adore you. <laughs> I adore you. See, it's it's a love yeah. fest. And it's funny because I get labeled as religious all the time, and I'm the least religious person you'll ever meet in your life. It's what? I'm the least religious person you'll ever meet in your life. Oh, I love it. Kathy says, the good old days. Agree to disagree. But we didn't disagree. No. We don't disagree. It's just an, It just, just have... comes down to the implementation of the concepts that we're talking about. Well, right. And you're coming at it from one direction, and I'm coming at it from my professional side, and you're coming at it from... Maybe it's part of your, I think it's part of your professional side because you really look at a lot of topics like yeah. you did today. So, well, I do because it's, do you know who I have really good conversations with onslaught. about this? What in general about these topics? The lovely woman that just texted in, Kathy. She and I can have the same kind of conversations and then walk away and go have a beer. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's the way why I love her because we have great conversations and just be like, okay. That's the ideal. That's the way it should be done because I love her and because we respect each other. Yeah. Seriously. Yes, it's but, when you have a respect for someone and you know that at the end of the day, 
it's not, it, you don't want to make or break something. I mean, unless it's something so crazy, but I but mean, society has broken down those bonds of actually liking people. Right. And, and accepting that, okay, we're not exactly lined up on this, but well, don't get there's me wrong. There's certain people that come position. out of some things that come out of their mouth. I'm like, yeah, I can't be around you. No, I understand. <laughs> yeah. But yes. Yeah. But I think that that's one of the things I think, and that's goes to the beginning of the show and then I can wrap up it and I can talk about this more next week when I bring up some of the other topics. But I think that goes to the beginning of the show where it's like, okay, can you, can you actually, you know, see all the sides and look at things and say, oh, I get this and I get that and I understand. Yep. And, and then have people willing to be a listener and not just talk at you and then go, yeah, whatever. And then go back to it. You yeah. know, it's like, wait a second. Um, you know, and I'm always in the mind. If someone gives me information, I don't just poo-poo it. I always am like, ooh, I take it and I run over. And then I always like fact check it like 700 different ways because I want to know. But the general atmosphere in this country right now is if you're not in lockstep with the way I think, you're the enemy. I don't think that's new. I don't think that's new. I think it's just stronger right now just because of certain cultures that we're in right now. Yeah, well, I mean, depending on not your definition. Not culture as in race. I'm depending on your cultures, definition. I think new. the political culture is structuring us heavily right now more than yeah. it typically does which is why I, it hasn't even started but it really has started i'm like oh my god i can't wait for it to be over <laughs> right oh we agree there too oh my god i know look at that see we grew up in two yeah. different places and respect each other i was gonna say that i was gonna be like i grew up in vermont and she grew up in texas and we are like yep. so diametrically raised in terms of like the politics and we have great conversations like well, Kathy and I would get along in other and, words. Ka and Kathy. <laughs> and I don't know if Kathy would say this, but I can say like when Kathy and I've had conversations, like I have new ideas that come because I don't, I didn't get raised in a place where like, she gives me great information that I'm like, Oh, I never thought of it that way. And are there two more diversely politically so, diverse cultures than Vermont and Texas? I know. Right. <laughs> it's great. I know. Maybe that's why we get along so well is because we come from such, yeah. you know, See, yep. he said, absolutely agree. Oh, now John just chimed in. Oh God, where is Buzzy's? Oh, Lou, I'll have to tell you off air. The Buzzy's, Buzzy's quickly is a barbecue spot in Ooh. Kerrville, Texas. Kathy lived in Kerrville. It's this little itty bitty spot somewhere mm -hmm. in Texas. Yeah. And so Buzzy's is this amazing barbecue joint and the barbecue chef masters was on this weekend and I was doing nothing because it was raining. Yep. So in the middle of the day, I was like, Oh my God. And I, Kathy and I were going back and forth because she knows buzzy and he won the barbecue master. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted, I don't, she asked, she says, you want to go to Kerrville? I'm like, no, that's like going to Pflugerville. <laughs> okay. No offense, but anyway. All right. So everybody have a really great week and um, have a safe weekend. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the hot topics of the day and the trends. And I will talk to you guys later.